Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Can you stand as you're able for our <clears throat> scripture reading? It's from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verse 26 through 39. They sailed to the region of Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had worn clothes, or li- had not worn clothes, or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, "What do you want with me, with me Jesus?" Son of the Most High God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot, he kept under guard. He had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons have gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, They ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed, and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat, and he left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how God has done, has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. You may be seated. You might be wondering, where in the world is Pastor Jared going this morning? You remember this story from Scripture? It's one of those interesting stories uh, that a lot of times we we don't talk that much about. Uh, But let's give it a shot here. So welcome to our second week. uh, Our second week during this worship series called Along the Journey. 
So during these three short weeks that we have together, we're looking into things that happened to Jesus while he was traveling. More specifically, the traveling that he was doing in Luke chapter 8. This is not long after Jesus begins his ministry, though, although I would say that it was far enough that Jesus needed to take a little vacation. He was looking for a little time away as he gets into the boat and travels across that Sea of Galilee. Last week we heard about the storm that came up during the first leg of the journey, and now this week we find Jesus and his disciples reaching the other side of that sea. Again, this series is all about what happens during our travels. So I wonder if you've reflected over some of those vacations and trips that you have had in your life when something unexpected happened. What were they and how did they shape who you are today? I encourage you to have your bulletins handy. That does have your uh, spot that you can take notes. Uh, also has scripture passages and questions that you can reflect on through the rest of this, of this week. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we come striving to hear your word. And so God, I ask that your words would be heard, not mine. God, that I would decrease as you increase. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I know you heard it, but here's just a very quick recap. Jesus is in the early stages of ministry as he teaches in familiar territory. This is just prior to our story today. The crowds begin growing and teaching engagements increase so much that, that his family gets worried about him. Because in Luke chapter 7, we hear this, or actually earlier in, uh, in chapter 8, we hear this. Uh, I feel that his mom was worried about the hectic pace that Jesus was keeping and the crowds all following him, and she just wanted him to rest for a while. Any of your moms do that for you? And says, hey, I think you need to slow down and you need to take a breath and just rest for a moment. Or maybe it was your dad that did that for you. Well, we can hear this in Luke eight nineteen through 21, where it says, Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. Jesus replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Another passage that we sometimes have a very difficult time with. The family wanted to have a little chat, maybe discuss how this busy lifestyle was just too much and he needed to slow down. Well, maybe Jesus got the message. He decides to take his disciples on a little trip, maybe a cruise per se. And this is where we found the story last week of Jesus calming the storm, showing how we would respond or how we should respond to storms in our lives. Remember that I said that we can choose how to respond in those storms. We can either be like the disciples, hysterical in some sense, thinking that the storm is the end of the line for us, or we can hold on to our faith as Jesus did and rest in the storm because we know that God is always with us. What did you choose this week? What did you choose in your storm this week? 
Well, that brings us to the next event during this short trip for Jesus. And just to put things into perspective, Jesus is traveling from Galilee where he spent most of his ministry in towns like Nazareth and Capernaum and Cana. We all hear stories about those towns. Well, they get on a boat and they sail to the Decapolis, which actually means 10 cities. This, however, is Gentile territory. We could say that this is an area that might not have been the most hospitable towards the Jewish people of that day from the other side of the lake. But then again, if you were looking to get away for a short time, would this not be a good place? There's a good chance that no one knows who Jesus is on that side of the lake. Have you ever wanted to go to a place where nobody knows who you are? I guess that would be the opposite of Cheers, right? The place where everybody knows your name and they're so glad you came. You might be singing that in your head. (laughs) The disciples dock the boat. They all get out, not sure what to expect in this foreign country. Uh, The feeling probably didn't last very long as they are immediately approached by a man. And I have to say, what a sight. Here comes a guy who's lived among the tombs in caves, scrounging for food, and probably hadn't bathed in a long time. Oh, and by the way, he was naked, too. Can you imagine what the disciples were feeling at that moment? Hey, 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 Jesus, can can we, like, get back in the boat? I mean, it's nice to get away for a sailing trip, but don't we, do we really need to stay here? Can we leave now? But then the man speaks to Jesus and asks what Jesus wants with him. Of course, it was the demons that were actually speaking, but even they knew who Jesus was. It's an interesting contrast to the story that we heard last week because the disciples just a few hours earlier were saying, who is this that even the winds and the waves listen to him? Well, the demons ask Jesus to cast them into a herd of pigs on the hillside, so Jesus allows them to enter the pigs, which immediately run down the hill, dive into the water. And just in case you don't know, pigs don't swim. There have been many theologians who have studied reasons why Jesus would have allowed evil spirits to enter pigs and then let them drown. But we don't have that much time today. Suffice to say that there were Jewish laws against eating unclean animals, but also think about the economic impact of the shepherds losing their entire herd. It would be devastating. There's so much more to unpack there. I mean, it's no wonder that once, once they heard and saw what Jesus did, the herdsmen, they wanted him to leave and go back home. I mean, really, what more could he do if this man was allowed to go into our towns? He's on the shore, and he's already wiped out entire herds. However, I think our our main focus today should be on the interactions between this man, Legion, and Jesus Christ. We all know that the man is possessed by multiple demons. After all, his name, Legion, is also the name of an army consisting of five to 6,000 soldiers. Multiple demons taking control of this man's body and life have caused him to be an outcast of society. He's been pushed to the very limits of life. He is truly among the marginalized in his country. Why? 
I guess we could say that the people of that day didn't fully understand things medically as we do today. You see, in those days, you were seen as possessed if you had any kind of mental illness. It was something they couldn't explain, and calling it a demon possession would be a good way to describe it. Now, please hear me when I say this. I'm not saying that this man was not possessed by demons. Clearly, he was. What I'm saying is that there is an epidemic of global proportions that we, are, that we still don't fully understand or more truthfully, want to participate in correcting. Mental health is a huge problem in our society. And from scripture passages like this, we can see that it has been for quite some time. You remember after the healing, the man was in his right mind. So let's get our heads around this for a minute. Last year, we, we shared a, a worship series called Inside Out. Some of you might remember that. As we looked at Disney Pixar film, uh, Pixar's film uh, that portrayed some mental health topics through the eyes of a little girl named Riley. It was, in, it was an entire series beginning in January of 2021, focusing on fear, disgust, anger, depression, and happiness. And so I encourage you, uh, to access those videos, you can get to those through our YouTube channel if you want to go back in, into some of the history and pull those videos out if you want to hear those again and hear more. But you see, in this series, we talked about mental health and some of the issues that we face today. And this is what I shared about some statistics with mental disorders. To help you understand the vast, how vast the side of mental health is, just a few statistics. There are approximately 40 million people diagnosed in with some, fort of some sort of anxiety disorder. That means one in five. That, mean, that would mean, on average, between our people that are here in person and those that are, that are worshiping online, we worship roughly, uh, let's just say, about 140 on a Sunday. And this formula tells us that 28 people here and online this morning are facing one of many forms of anxiety. 28 people. Here are some of those disorders. General anxiety disorder, 6.8 million people. Panic disorder, 6 million. Social anxiety disorder, 15 million people. Phobia disorders, 19 million PTSD, and this is not just found in military, 7.7 million. And OCD, 2.2 million. Here's where I see one of the problems, and it's one that we created by how we talk about disorders, about mental health, and about those who are afflicted with any of these disorders. Only 36.9% of those who suffer from one of these disorders will get medical help. 36.9% will get medical help. Too often we think that people should just be able to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and feel better. But that's not the way it works most of the time. Sure, there are times when people can do this, but many times it's not. And I think it has something to do with the way we talk about these issues. 
The classifying people as crazy or insane or even off their rockers is not helpful. And it perpetuates the stigma that many of us have grown up with. These are people with families, friends, and a relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are God's children, just as we are God's children. Can we agree that they needed to be treated with love, care, and respect, just the way everyone is? Well, during our week about sadness and depression, I shared about a young woman uh, who battled depression for most of our life. On the outside, she was happy. She was bubbly and full of smiles. But on the inside, she was fighting a battle and she was losing. It was kind of like the geode, but in reverse. That all the sparkly, shiny stuff was on the outside and all the hard, crusty stuff was on the inside. She was losing She once explained it to me this way. It was like being in a hole and not being able to get out. You ever been in a hole that you feel that you can't get out of? Eventually, with the help of doctors and counselors, friends, and finally through the grace of Jesus Christ, she was able to find herself out of the hole of depression. You see, her treatment for depression came through medical relational and spiritual journeys. For her, the spiritual one was the last leg of her journey, but it doesn't always have to be. So as we reflect on the man from the hillside, I think we can agree that he was struggling, struggling mentally in his life. He told Jesus that his name was Legion. Actually, the demons are the ones speaking for him in that moment. This man had lost his name. He lost his identity. The townspeople probably knew who he was originally, but they don't know him now. Whether it was the demons that knew Jesus was coming across the lake or whether it was the prevenient grace of God which spoke to the man deep within that dirty, beat-up and naked body, this man approached Jesus Christ, the one who could heal him of everything that ailed him. When he stood face-to-face with Jesus, healing came. Restoration came, and new life came. Jesus not only heals the man, but he restores him as well. Jesus gives him his identity back. We know this because of the end of the story. This man wants to go with Jesus, but Jesus tells him no. Jesus tells him to go home and offer a witness to all that God has done for him. Go back to the people that you know and people that know you and show them your restored life. How many of you know what this man is going through? As we approach the holiday season, a season that is meant to be joyful, celebratory, many people retreat deeper and deeper into depression and sadness, anxiety, fear, and worry. I think this this story is a good reminder that through the grace of Jesus, we can return back to our true identity, one that is rooted in the love of God. However, we, all, we also need to realize that healing can come in different forms. We should not be ashamed to seek help when it's needed. 
Medication and counseling are good ways that God works through others in our lives. It's okay to seek help. It's okay to not be okay. And if you're in need of some help, let me tell you this. We actually have a Christian counselor that resides in our building. Terry Dom is in the old pastor's office upstairs. She doesn't live there. Uh, but she has her office up there. I mentioned as soon as I said she resides here. Uh, she has her office up there. And I can get you in contact with her if you would like to schedule some time with her. Jesus offers healing to everyone. Sometimes it's not in the way that we hoped or that we planned. But we also must remember that God's plans are higher than our plans. So we trust in God. Knowing that God doesn't want us to stay in those places of pain and suffering. Wherever you might be this morning, if you're in those places of pain and suffering, if you're battling through some of these issues in your life, God does not want you to stay there. God longs for everyone to have a restored life. A a restored life is what Jesus brought to this man, and he desires the same. For each and every one of us. Will you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God. God, a restored life is what we long for. God, we know that that there are days that come where pain overwhelms us. Where sadness or loss overwhelms us. So God, I ask that you would send your spirit that you would offer that, that gentle encouragement, that word of hope, the word of peace. God, telling us that, that a life of pain, a life of, of sadness is not your desire for us. That you desire us to be fully restored. You desire, your desire for us is to be fully engaged in your kingdom, worshiping you and loving you and loving our neighbors. And so God, as we enter into this particular season, a season that is meant to be joyful and, and grateful, that we, we may truly feel that this year. And that if we are facing something, that you would guide us. Guide us to others who could help and offer some healing yourself. God, remind us once again who we are. Remind us that we are not our failures. We are not our depression. We are not our anxiety. But we are your children. That we are yours and you are ours. God, I pray this all in the mighty and powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to encourage you to stand as you are able and join with us as we share our closing song, You Are Mine. Come and follow me, I will bring you. I love you and you are
I love you and you are mine. God's word for you today. That no matter what you're going through, God will always be with you and God will always love you. That is the covenant agape love that God shares. I want you to go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you and it goes with you always. Amen.